0: welcome inside the first zoom edition of the glory road podcast billy bb with you a day after the nfl draft is finally complete and a special guest joining me today uh lp fallon liam spent the week breaking down the draft getting excited and uh liam how great was it to have a sporting event that you didn't know the outcome of
1: i mean we've been preparing for it for months any sports fan that's the only thing we've had so So all we could really do was really exciting to finally get it see, finally see it get played through.
0: I was just happy something was happening, and uh, I still get an eerie feeling about whether the NFL is happening or not, or what exactly is going to happen season wise. But nonetheless, we'll take what we can get. We're excited that the draft happened. Night one was very low key for the Browns. For a lot of teams, I think was kind of low key. Nothing crazy happened. But we'll get to that. Night number two, I had a bit of a breakdown. Uh, a couple of people definitely, if you follow me, BBBilly781 on Twitter, I had a bit of a meltdown about Andrew Barry. It just I had flashbacks of Sashi Brown. I was going nuts. We'll jump into that. And then day three is always tough to follow. Start with night number one. I'd say the first thing that shocked me, got me going, uh, Andrew Thomas went number four overall to the Giants. I, that's why I had marked down for the Browns to take. I had Jedrick Wills going to the Giants, so kind of a flip-flop there. And then those were the first two taken, Liam, and by the end of it, I really thought about it, and I thought, these were the two guys that got talked about the least in the media. Those were the safe picks, and I, I felt a little bit conned. I thought to myself, man, I really bought into Tristan Wirfs, and it's clear he's a bit of a project. Maybe, and I thought a couple teams might not even want to move him to tackle. Yeah, if
1: I'm being honest, Worth was my guy too That's just getting all excited with the hype of him in the weight room and stuff But those two that went first were definitely the two safer picks
0: Yeah, um, so Thomas goes four And I always thought he was the safe one Nobody was talking about him He was just proven he was the guy that could start right away Do you believe that Jedrick Wills was number one on the Browns board? Because that's what old Andrew Berry claims is That was their guy and they're happy they got him
1: I do. I think they would have been perfectly happy with Andrew Thomas, and it might have been easier plug-and-play situation at left tackle, but talent-wise, I think they had Wills at one, yeah.
0: Yeah, so Wills, I thought, was a good get at 10. I thought the Browns were obviously very happy to get him, apparently, that he was their number one again, like I said. So, I'm a little worried. I like that they think the draft is stacked tackle-wise, but I was re-watching a lot of drafts leading up to, and a lot of drafts were the same, Liam. There's probably three taken in the top 15 every year, and only one of them works out. Yeah, I mean,
1: we had one on our team for a while, the Rams guy that went number two, I believe it was Greg Robinson. He didn't really pan out, but hopefully this one's different.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about that today. I saw a mock draft going in and next year the the maybe the Giants or somebody who's predicted to go number two overall really have a bad year and and their reward was left tackle. And I just thought that's that's just too bad, man. Just to have whatever, three wins and to, and to get a tackle as your option um, kind of stinks. But um, moving on, surprise and the stance of the tackles. The Browns go Jedrick Wills. Um, just some analysis. They shot it upstairs, and I can't remember who it was. They quoted that we had Conklin, and they said that we had Jedrick Wills. And they just said, oh, we're not sure who's moving over. And I was like, well, oh, you're not sure who's moving over, really? Like Between Conklin, who I think is in year six, and Jedrick Wills, a, a rookie, it's like, you don't know who's moving over, really? I'm not sure the media understands at times that just they took the best tackle. And um, I thought that was interesting to think that they even questioned if he'd move or not. Because it was clear whoever the Browns took would be their left tackle. Just going along with the media not believing it, Jedrick Wills himself said he'd done all his training this season and preparation for the draft as a left tackle. So um, how do you feel about that move? Obviously, we're getting a guy that was a right tackle, and then, of course, there's the narrative that he was the right tackle because that's to his blind side, being a left-handed quarterback.
1: Yeah, that's the point I was going to make. He has been not technically a left tackle, but the fact that he has been protecting a blind side his whole career is a benefit to us. And he does have Joe Thomas. He was Brown's Hall of Famer, Joe Thomas's favorite pick coming out of the draft, and he promised that he would help develop him there too. The only thing that I could see even possibly changing the fact that he would play left tackle is uh, Conklin did come out of the draft as a left tackle, so he does have experience there, but I still don't really see that happening.
0: Yeah, it, just, it hasn't been discussed, right? Nobody's mentioned that Jack Conklin might move. Yeah, no,
1: I've only heard it the other way around.
0: Uh, so with Wills, it just seems like he's, he's got good footwork. Um, you just heard the classics, you know, he's a basket. Oh, he's a, this many athlete did this, does that. So it seems like he's going to be quick on his feet, which will help Baker a little bit. Who was the round one player that you wanted us to trade back in and get after we took Wills? Cause there were uh, a couple of names that stuck out to me that I really wanted. Um,
1: I definitely thought that we should have addressed linebacker if we were to trade back in. So like the Patrick Queen, Kenneth Murray, who really, who went really late, those would have been some great pickups. Um, I was going to say safety, but one of the better safeties fell to us anyway. So I don't really have a problem with that. So just those linebackers, the bigger name linebackers would have been nice, but.
0: I think I was the same. I really wanted Patrick Queen. I was really eager and this will play into what we're going to talk about in a little bit. I was eager to get a linebacker. The whole the whole weekend we had I, I did dude, I would have taken six linebackers, seven linebackers just to filter out and get them going. I'm really worried about this position for the Browns. I like Mac Wilson a lot. I like Sioni Taki Taki, but it's clear they didn't take the that Taki Taki more than Wilson. I thought Mac Wilson was really good last year and was a steal in the draft last year. I was really worried that that's not going to be addressed. Taki-taki hasn't been what we hoped, and it really isn't talked about like a starter. And then I just don't accept the idea that Tay Davis or or B.J. Goodson is going to be a meaningful player on this team next year. So I wanted Patrick Queen. I really wanted Isaiah Simmons. That was a guy I really thought could fall to the Browns. Cleveland, I thought, man, there's a lot of left tackles. Isaiah Simmons is a game changer. I go, he, we could plug and play him right away. We could put him in at safety at points if we needed to, strong safety, move him up in the box. And all of a sudden, just boom, 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 he's fallen. Um, he really needed to get past Carolina, the Chargers and the Giants, and he did, and I'm, I'm getting real pumped. And I thought to myself, haven't seen a mock draft yet where the Cardinals don't take a tackle and I was just getting pumped. I'm like, it's just, it's just the Jaguars. It just comes down to the Jaguars. And the Cardinals take him. I'm getting real riled up. I'm texting you. I'm texting a lot of people. I'm like, man, I'm like, I hope Kyler Murray gets sacked 150 times this year. I was so angry. Just I thought that was their pick, man. Just take your old line and move on. And I'm just so riled up. I'm really mad at Steve Kime. I like the Cardinals a lot, and I just – I mean, you can attest to it. I was angry, man. I was really disappointed. Then it hit me. It struck me. Uh, they're in the same position as us, dude. They got a, a team that's supposed to step up this year, a new receiver, you know, a new kind of system that should be down this year, should be ready to go. And they needed a left tackle. But if the best player available is still on the board, they were going to take it just like us. So where were your thoughts on Isaiah Simmons? And secondly, if Simmons did get past the Cardinals, do you think the Jaguars would have taken him? Because in my opinion, I think they were really interested in the corner that they took. I believe they they took C.J. Henderson.
1: I believe that the Cardinals are one of the most similar teams to the Browns right now with the young uh, quarterback developing, the star receiving core. So I agree 100% that they are in the same position as us. When that player falls to you that late in the draft, you can't pass up on him. That being said, did not think that they were going to take him still. I think that um, he would have fallen to us if they had not taken him. I was surprised that he fell past the Giants and the Panthers. I had the Giants taking him at four over the left tackle. I had, um, if he fell past that, I thought that the the Panthers would have taken him, but he fell past them. But I think that the Jaguars had their guy in CJ Henderson. I know that they were doing their research on him a lot, and I think that they really liked what they saw in him, so – I'm convinced that if Simmons didn't go to the Cardinals, he'd be a Cleveland Brown.
0: Was there anybody else that, if they fell, that you would have you would have taken at number 10 instead of a tackle?
1: Um, my next best name would have been Derek Brown. I think that's a once-in-a-generation talent. I don't think that you would have been able to pass up on him there either.
0: Yeah, that was my other name that I thought might, might fall to us in certain scenarios, and I just thought... You know, defensive tackle was such an interchangeable position at times. I really thought we could have replaced him, um, but he predictably went to the Panthers. And then um, Henderson, man, I didn't have him go until maybe 15 or 16. Um, really taken early by the Jags. I thought the Jags really didn't, didn't wow um, with their draft. I thought they were okay. And then because they took Henderson, I thought Atlanta got screwed. Atlanta had a bad draft because C.J. Henderson got taken. I think they thought he was going to be there, and they just made, they made a bad call, and I was just looking at it today, and I really don't like the draft Atlanta had. I was not impressed.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think that the Jags themselves are happy with their draft because they were talking about taking the Caleb Von chase on at that pick, too, and they ended up getting both of their guys that they wanted
0: at that or pick. Or Kinlaw. I, thought, I think Kinlaw was in there a lot, correct?
1: Yeah, correct. Yeah, um, yeah true. I just saw something on ESPN the other day that said that they were really high on chase on and Henderson and that they were hoping to get one of them at that spot. And they ended up with both of their guys. So they're happy with their drafts. We'll see how that one plays out.
0: Yeah. So, um, and just mentioning the storyline, everybody's talking about ESPN was heavy on the sad stories. I don't know. I, I always watch NFL Network's version of the draft just because I think they're just analytic driven they're, they have more player interviews, and they have more former um, pros talking about it. Um, I think ESPN loves to do uh, s- stories about people. So they just love this guy got murdered, this guy died, this person's sick. like And it was everybody was just – and, you know, obviously just heart-wrenching stories to hear. They were really sad. And, you know, I don't want to be that guy, but it was just like uh, – it was just tough. Every guy had a story, it felt like. And if they didn't, like, they zoomed through them.
1: Yeah, it's a great character thing to see what those guys go through. But I agree that it kind of puts a damper on the whole situation.
0: That, and I was excited to just get a, a, a COVID-19 break. And I thought they just, man, they pushed it through. I thought they just really went for it with commercials, with a mo- the moment of silence. They played the national anthem. It was like... Dude, yeah. you never play the national anthem at the regular draft. Like, why are you doing this? Um, yeah, I
1: agree. I was laughing pretty hard at your tweet, the one that said, like, that we watched the draft for a COVID break, and then that's the only thing that we've been seeing since the draft got turned on. I, was, I thought that was pretty funny.
0: Um, just including a little more things I thought was funny. I was excited to see Roger's basement. Um, <laughs> it's clear he's not friends with any former players, right? Not at all. Not at all. Like, he does not have one, like, football Or like a jersey, a signed jersey. Like he had old cleats that looks like he stole. He had a Ditka bobblehead, which I think probably was given him by somebody random. I don't even think that was like from anyone. He just, it was like so funny. I was like, it's clear this guy because I'm used to seeing, you know, Michael Irvin. His thing had, you know, a Super Bowl, a painting of himself, a Super Bowl trophy, some other stuff. Um, You know everyone Everyone's got a home office going I had my own Home office not here but created In my basement just with a lot of cool Stuff and it was just like Roger Goodell was like It didn't even look like he made That it was like the NFL made that For him which I get Like what well, I guess
1: Um I did appreciate The multiple candy jar updates With the M&M's those went
0: pretty quick Oh I was dying I'm <laughs> like this dude Is not eating these M&M's he took His sweater off I just thought it was so funny. I do respect the fact that he had to read, what, 94 picks. In in the day two, he was was dying. Fair enough. Um, Let's move to night number two. Liam, um, commissioner-wise, Roger got super funny on night number two. I thought he was way more relaxed. He was doing weird stuff. Um, Night number one, he did get lazy towards the end. He said, I got something for you, Tua. And he ended up taking an old lineman that, that ain't right. That is not right. And that's when I was like, I, this is not going to be the same Goodell. Uh, I did not like the booing. I thought he just ruined that. And I don't know what the technology was there, but it was clear they were not linked. It was like, dude, he, they, there's no way they can respond to you or hear you. I'm not really sure. Um, but I was like, stop yelling at them to boo louder. It's getting out of control.
1: Yeah, my second team is the Dolphins. My dad has been a Dolphins fan since he was little. So, like, I was all ready to see them take a high receiver or safety or something exciting. He turns around and says, we got something for two. And I was like, oh, well, all right. Oh, yeah. Uh, There goes that one.
0: And then, I don't want to spend too much time. I know we're moving on from the first round, but uh, they did take a corner as their third first rounder. Again, they didn't trade. They didn't move from that spot. Um, so they stay at corner and man, they beef that thing up. They have Byron Jones, um, Xavier and Howard, correct. And then now I'm not even going to try that name. I know some of you have to look it up. It's wild. Just call him Iggy. That's
1: what I've been doing.
0: Yeah, I'll go Iggy. So you can look him up. Um, so round two, just a couple notes. I thought opening the, the, I was not worried about Joe Burrow. At first in the Bengals. I didn't I was getting kind of annoyed that people kept saying they were on the come up, right? Rookie QB, they only won how many games last year. Just I was getting annoyed with the the chatter. And then man, T. Higgins, they take T. Higgins, and then it hit me, Liam. It's like John Ross, who I still think has a chance to do something special. Tyler Boyd's a really good slot receiver. AJ Green is basically gonna get a fresh start somewhat one way or another this year, and then they add T Higgins. With Joe Mixon, who I really like. And that's when it hit me that I really don't want to deal with that Bengals offense.
1: Yeah, they get a lot of good linemen coming back this year, too. They had the Ohio State lineman, who was hurt all of last year, coming back to protect. Yeah,
0: Jonah Jackson's back.
1: Mm -hmm. And they beefed up the defense in free agency, too.
0: Yeah, they did make some moves, including uh, Von Bell to the defense. So I think the Bengals, they definitely decided that, hey, we're going to go Heavier in round two On on getting Burrow to be good Right so they were excited uh, To step back up And get the opportunity To give Joe Burrow A lot and I think that's What I said for a couple of picks Right so I have a friend that's a Giants fan He asked me what's the deal with an O-lineman I said hey uh, you don't want To be that team that takes a quarterback And then never builds around him right Never, Never makes A move as far as that goes. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Bengals?
1: I mean, I still think that they're low in the division, but I think it's going to be an interesting competition for a lot against a lot of teams and a lot of games this year compared to last year. It's not going to be an easy win like it was last season.
0: Right. I, I agree. Um, just think about results-wise. We'll jump real quick. It looked like for a second that the safeties were really going to fly off the board, right? I was getting worried. Um, Teams were really starting to go heavy at safety, but I think we kind of rested, Liam, and and just said no matter what, it looks like the Browns are going to get a safety. Um, Where were your options at? Where was your head at when the Browns were about to pick? And they even moved back and got an extra pick, I believe, for next year to move back to where they are.
1: Um, I was really hoping that McKinney fell further than he did. I didn't think he'd make it out of the first round, but once he did, I started getting excited with every pick he fell. But I kind of like knew deep down that he wasn't going to fall to us. So my next two options were Winfield or Delpit. It would have been a toss-up. I would have been fine with either one of them. I saw we traded down when we realized that both of them had the potential to be there. So I really like what we did with that one.
0: Yeah, so um, I also wanted McKinney. I thought that was a chance to get a first-rounder. Uh, Kyle Duggar out of Lenore Ryan D2 Goes to the Patriots with the fifth pick in the second round Is he better than Grant Delpit?
1: I did a lot of film watching on the safeties Once I realized that that was a need the Browns have I liked him a lot, but it's hard to compare NFL talent When you're playing against competition as low as that But obviously that's Bill Belichick's wheelhouse He found his guy, who he thinks is his guy So we'll see how that one plays out
0: All right, so let's get to who the Browns did get. Um, Grant Delpit, who last year during his junior year was better than this year was. So I think that was the big knock on him. Let's just jump into the generic narrative that surrounded him, Liam. He's a bad tackler, everybody said, but that's only because he had a high ankle sprain. I personally um, don't read into that too much. They said that about greedy. They were obsessed about that. With greedy Williams, that was everywhere. Greedy Williams couldn't tackle. I never watched a Browns game this year and thought, "Man, greedy has got to improve his tackling. This is out of control. This is we never should have picked greedy. He was he's a bad tackler." I just think number one, I do think an injury probably affects that, and number two, I just think after a while, it just picks up. Number one, you just have so much help in the NFL. Odds are, if Del Pitts making a tackle, it's at what the goal liner middle of the field where he has somebody else to help him. Or number two, he's fully healthy. He's well developed and he's learned a lot. Plus, with the safety core the Browns have built, I don't I think he, he'll play free safety to start. Um, but I think he'll slot and change with they have Sendejo, they have Carl Joseph, and Redwine got some time last year. So I don't think Pitts just gonna be out there throwing to the wolves every play. Sometimes the NFL just doesn't work like that anymore. What do you think about Del Pitt? What do you think about him going forward?
1: I mean, your analysis right there was spot on with, I think, what everybody else is seeing. Um, the film I watched looks like he definitely was suffering from the injury a bit. But the big thing that you mentioned already was our safety room already. We have Carl Joseph and Andrew Sandejo, which are known to be two of the better tackling safeties in the league. So he will have help out there. He is more of the ball hawking type. So as long as he c- covers his own, he can hold his own against the pass. I think we should be okay.
0: Um, Liam, anybody else that you thought the Browns maybe should have taken at this pick or did it have to be a safety for you?
1: Um, At this point, I thought it could have also possibly been a linebacker, but with Delpit falling and the top safeties falling, I it was very obvious towards the end that that's who we had to take.
0: Yeah, I think I was the same. I just for some reason i don't know where that narrative even got started that this because i'm not a big appreciator of safeties in in my opinion i don't just love on them and and feel they have so much unless you have derwin james jamal adams or mink fitzpatrick i just don't think much of the safety position to be honest i'm sure it comes up at times and demarius randall made some nice plays when he was here but i mean to me i talked about it in my opening Draft podcast, I just don't love the safety position, right, as a gigantic need. Um, I think even when safeties are making big plays, they're playing like corners.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I feel like once you do have that star safety and they're the ones that are making plays, it's hard to, like, say that they're not valuable. But, again, like, not many teams have those, like, star players that you can, like, say that's the person changing this defense. So, I mean, they are pretty expendable for the teams that don't have those stars.
0: All right, Liam, let's move to round three. So this is where I got really worked up. Um, The Browns at this point, I'm a little anxious, okay? A lot of linebackers have gone off the board. I really need them to get a linebacker in general. And I thought a lot of the names that I really had my eye on were still there. Um, Both of us, I thought, had some names that we really liked. Um, And the Browns traded out of it. So... Basically, my thinking was Andrew Berry values picks. He's a prophet of Sashi Brown. He worked in that regime. He learned from Sashi Brown, who acquired all those picks. However, the Browns lost during that time, and Sashi Brown didn't get to make those picks. So, my thinking was: here we go again. Um, Andrew Berry wants to move back, and you know, say, "Oh, I have this many picks. I have, you know, for this year. He got a third rounder for next year to move back." I believe about 14 picks in the second or the third round. So I was getting very anxious. I'm just real upset mainly because where the Browns sat, they were in perfect position to take a guy that we both liked, Zach Bond out of Wisconsin. He is an outside linebacker, but the Browns could have moved him in. I thought he was a Joe Schobert clone in many ways. Same as he was He was just not going to be a pass rusher in the pros. I was real riled up with Andrew Berry, Liam. I was really nervous that this was going to be the new regime is just still thinking about draft picks for next year, still thinking about how to get the most value for the draft in the off season. And I'm thinking I, I got real riled up and I mean, you can attest to it. I was getting real riled up about they're not going to spend their salary cap. They're going to start looking for next year. They're going to start trying to bring in guys that they don't know much about, but want to develop. I was just upset. They passed on bond. I think, Three more linebackers went after Zach Bond, and that's what really got me riled up. Zach Bond went, Terrell Lewis went, and then Alfrane Jennings went right before the Browns pick. And then the icing on the kick was the Browns did not take a linebacker with with the 88th pick. They took Jordan Elliott, the Missouri defensive tackle. And just that was so hard for me to grasp, man, because they have – Sheldon Richardson, who I believe is under contract for two more years. They have Larry Ogan who has a contract coming up, but has done some really good things. And then they just signed Andrew Billings, who I've read a lot of good things about from Cincinnati. And it's like, instead of acknowledging and really trying to address your linebacking core, which we all know is hurting, you said, I'll take our fourth defensive lineman to mix the battle up. And I know they run a 4-3. I get that. But you can only really play two defensive tackles at a time. I don't know how much you know about Jordan Elliott. Talk to me about your thinking when they took him. Um, if you know much about Elliott, I know. I mean, from what uh, Daniel Jeremiah said, his, he said Elliott was good. Actually, this some, somebody from Cleveland.com said Elliott was good in... His third year, but the year four, he was not as good because he took on too many double teams. And I just don't like that excuse because you're going to get double teams all the time. Um, I don't know. There's a lot to go over there, but, you know, we we don't take a linebacker. We trade back. Andrew Barry's looking bad. And then we take a defensive tackle. What's your thinking overall?
1: Um, well, going back to the second round pick before the draft, I honestly thought that we could have taken Zach Bond there. He was a bit. He was really high on my personal board. I thought that he was a first-round talent. Obviously, people in the NFL saw it differently. I don't know why. We'll see how that one plays out. But I was furious when we did not take him when he fell to us. I was so upset that we traded out of the pick. I still am not very happy with the fact that we did, but Andrew Barry seems to know what he's doing. He got his guy 10 picks, 10-so 10 picks later. Uh, but Jordan Elliott, I do really like this guy. I saw the pro football focus had him ranked a lot. Higher than some of the other tackles in the defensive tackles in the drafts, like the top tackles, he is a playmaker, he disrupts a lot of stuff in the middle, but he doesn't always get the tackle or the the glorified stats, but he's like just a playmaker up the middle.
0: I think this is a big deal, so we'll talk about Barry's decision towards the end of this round, but I think it's a big deal for Larry Ogunjobi this year. I really like him. I really like some of the plays he's made and the consistency he's offered. However, he has struggled at times. He's looked really injury-prone at times, and he just hasn't stepped up in games where, especially when Miles dropped last year, it felt like that D-line gave up. It's a contract year for him. Um, it's clear that paying defensive linemen is not going to be a thing in the future. Maybe if you have a star in Miles Garrett, you pay him, but perfect example in San Francisco, they didn't want to pay to force Buckner Instead, they get a pick and just replace him with Javon Kinlaw. I think that's the perfect idea, but they beef it up. They put a little competition. I like the idea of depth here, Liam, and and you're right. If they think they got a top guy, I don't buy into PFF too much. They did grade him very highly, but they've graded um, some really bad Browns classes extremely highly. I remember they thought Emmanuel Agba should have been a top 10 pick or something like that, and he just hasn't offered – much so. After that, we see a lot of good players go off the board before the Browns pick at ninety-seven. They finally take a linebacker. I wanted Malik Harrison really bad here, Liam. They take Jacob Phillips, who is labeled the best tackler in the um, draft out of linebackers by PFF. But again, that doesn't speak too much. At least they got it done, man. That's that's really where I'm at with um, Jacob Phillips.
1: Yeah, um, he's definitely a liability on in the past game, but again, does not miss tackles. So, I mean, they're building for the future with this pick. He's not somebody who's necessarily, well, with our linebacker room, he might either come in and start, but for most teams, he's not someone who's going to come in and start right away, but he's a guy to develop, play for the future. So I'm not too upset with the pick. If that's who they think their guy is, we got to trust them there.
0: I thought about it and just – Free agency-wise, I don't think they're going to sign another um, linebacker.
1: I would really appreciate it if we got some veteran help, maybe like a Clay Matthews, I don't know, instead of uh, B.J. Goodson. I'm not – no knock on B.J. Goodson, but he's definitely wasn't the best linebacker available. So, I mean, get the history with Clay Matthews, get the uh, bloodline flowing back in Cleveland, get some veteran help. He still has some left in the tank. I would love to see that, but that's just me.
0: Yeah, so I hope they're not done in free agency, right? I think we can discuss a clowny option soon, but you know, I was hoping they can still get to clowny. But uh, if I think about it, they signed Tate Davis, they signed Willie Harvey, they signed BJ Goodson, they draft Jacob um, Phillips. I just think that's their idea of, of addressing it. I think that's it, man. I don't think they just keep going oh, we'll just bring in 10 linebackers and hopefully one of them. Like, you don't sign a B.J. Goodson and just eventually cut him. It it just doesn't work like that. I just think if they brought a guy like Goodson in, he's going to be on the team this year um, is how I think about it. I don't think the Browns are going forward uh, with any linebackers uh, after that. So um, in the fourth round, early in the day, the Browns go tight end. I was not surprised here, Liam. This was actually another position I was hoping they'd touch. At this point, I knew they'd be going for depth and possibly be looking at the future. Uh, 60% of the Vikings' plays last year included two tight ends. So Stefanski's going to run an offense that includes tight ends. Harrison Bryant out of Florida Atlantic, he won tight end of the year. I think a quality pick, man, 6'5", 243. He, He played well against Ohio State. He had some really good highlights. He has good size, and he's clearly going to get the opportunity to learn from two good tight ends with a big year for Njoku. I just think this guy's going to be really good next year and the year after. I don't know what his role is going to be this year necessarily, but, uh, again, it's just Andrew Barry adding depth, I think.
1: Yeah, I agree. This is definitely a pick for the future. Um, It's where we still got to see what Njoku can do. I mean, he's been hurt. He hasn't necessarily done what we brought him in to do, like catching balls. He drop, he's had a lot of drops, and he's also not the best blocker. Meanwhile, this Harrison Bryant out of FAU, his comparison was George Kittle, and I know that's a high ceiling, and it's obviously not likely that he's going to be that generational talent that George Kittle is, but it is good and promising to see that we have that for the future.
0: Should consider that most most first-round tight ends don't turn out to have great careers. It's later-round tight ends, guys that got skipped on. Uh, I think it was still a crime that Thaddeus Moss went undrafted. Washington's going to get a steal, I think, in Thaddeus Moss. I would, I'd have taken him there. I thought even after round three I was thinking about it. I, I don't know what happened with him. Um, I heard something about he hurt his foot. And it was just it's that kind of year that nobody gets to look at it after that. Um, did you like Thaddeus Moss?
1: Uh, personally, Kamat was obviously the number one option, and then it was a toss-up to me between Bryant and that Troutman out of Dayton. And then I had Moss right after them, so I'm, so I'm honestly surprised that he fell.
0: Both him and Jake Fromm, I thought, took huge tumbles. Somebody gave Jake Fromm bad advice. I don't, I don't know if Jake Fromm makes the same decision if they told him he'd number one be a backup and number two be to a quarterback who really or I'm sorry, would be a fifth-round pick, and number two would be a backup to a guy that clearly is the future for Buffalo. Let's jump to the next round. Liam, the Browns kind of sticking with depth here, man. They take Nick Harris, the center, out of Washington. So I like that Daniel Jeremiah and um, some other scouts said they reminded him of Jason Kelsey. And again, centers don't get taken in the first round often. That's not where you never see, you know, big... Names. I think Lloyd Cushenberry was one that people really liked this year, but I like the pick. I think J.C. Treader has this year and next year. And then after that, you need a center. I also like that I heard on a couple different um, discussions. I, I think sometimes I get consume so many just thoughts on the draft and things like that, that I, I forget who said it, but I had heard there's a chance he could compete for right guard. Yeah, this was one of my favorite picks that the Browns did. Um, he
1: did have a lot of guard experience in college before moving over, so there is a possibility with the weak uh, right guard that we have now. Uh, I do like Wyatt Teller. He did come in, perform, but there's always room for competition.
0: And it's clear at this point, I think, Liam, that Andrew Berry just said, I'm not going to leave this team hanging to a midseason looking to add a player off free agency. I'd like a guy that we've worked with all year to step up. I think Jordan Elliott says that. I think Hunter Bryant says that. And then um, Nick Harris says that.
1: Yeah, I also heard that um, a potential uh, move from the Browns would be to move Treader to uh, guard and to have Harris, the undersized guy, play center. That's always an option, too. I don't know how likely that is, but that would be an interesting case.
0: Yeah, that would be pretty wild. Um, I don't know. I I don't want to risk too much. I think I'd still like... Treader to sit where he is so if we move to the sixth round that's the Browns final pick Donovan Peoples-Jones out of Michigan man this was big for me I really wanted Donovan Peoples-Jones I'd have taken him in the third round if I could have I was really excited about this this is a pure athlete I think he's gonna bump Jojo Natson off the roster because he's gonna be able to return it just they stole a guy his breakdown His consistency wasn't there. He never had a burst year. He never had that year where he was a top receiver in college football, top five. I knew about him because I watched All or Nothing, which is like hard knocks, but it's during the season. And one year, All or Nothing followed Michigan. Um, So that's where I got my first glimpse of him, just kept my eye on him. Really liked his pick, Liam. I was pumped. This was my guy. Following him. Sixth round was a tough drop, but again, I think we know exactly why he dropped. Almost every pick after the third round, I was getting texts from you. This is going to be him.
1: This is going to be him. <laughs> Once he finally got picked in the sixth round, you were the first person I picked up my phone and talked to. I really like this pick, man. He's a freak. He's got all the athletic ability, but his numbers don't show because he was in a old-style Michigan offense, which doesn't always Indiana, I, I don't know class, how many right?
0: quarterbacks he had by the end. I know in one year he had three and I think by the end of college, he had like five or six.
1: Yeah. But if you look at his combine, like those like numbers are insane that he put up. Like it's just all talents there yet to be proven.
0: Uh Yeah. I think the consistency will be good for him. He's in a ridiculous receiving core. Um So I do worry that, and then Urban Meyer really liked him just, Talked about him as a supreme athlete, a guy he really liked. I do worry, Liam, that if he doesn't get it together quickly, that the Browns do say, this is a six-round pick. We can dump it and move on Um, because they've clearly spent some time on Ratley, who I thought has shown really good flashes, still has good size and good speed, and I'm not sure what his role would be. Again, the tight end is going to be a bigger deal this year. I think you have two tight ends, two receivers. And then it's a big competition for the third. That's my other worry is if people's Jones doesn't pick it up um, and you really just aren't valuing a receiver anymore, you might not keep six receivers. You might only go five. Um, And then they still have Taiwan Taylor who they haven't made a decision on keeping or not. You know, he's a guy that's just looking for a second half of his career um, after he never picked things up as a third round pick with the Titans. He's a slot guy. Um, so, you know, I, that's a stiff competition for people's Jones, man. I'm really, I do worry a little bit about how he'll fit in, but I'm excited. Uh, I I don't know. What are you thinking for him in his fit with the Browns?
1: I mean, if he could step it up, I think he'd be a great three, maybe four. I mean, we can't forget that Higgins <laughs> is also just sitting there too. I mean, he was yeah. a fan favorite. I don't know if we're planning on bringing him back, but the people of Cleveland love him. He was productive the, before the season we got Odell but I don't know people's Jones. He has a talent. It's just, if he could pick up the NFL offense, I mean, he could hang around. He couldn't, I don't know. Well, it's yet to be seen.
0: Yeah. I did just see a tweet that um, people are talking about Higgins coming back. That is another guy that would cause a problem for him, man. Just, you know, I, I don't want, I'm excited to have him. I don't want to talk about him already getting cut. You know, there's a long way to go. So and then again, he can make a name for himself if he returns kicks um, and stuff like that. So I like Donovan Peoples-Jones. Overall, I gave the Browns a B plus. So I think it's hard to have a bad draft. You just you get the chance to hit on positions. You get the chance to scout guys. You know, guys get big names. You know, it's not. Um, some of these guys' jobs to really just drag a guy through the mud. I think they really try hard to find the positive. So it's hard to have a bad draft. I think Seattle did badly. Again, I just think they're not good at drafting anymore.
1: Um, Oakland had a pretty poor draft, too. I did not like what they did with those first two picks, personally.
0: They took – oh, yeah, they took Arnett and they took Ruggs. And I thought Jerry Judy was just so clear-cut, man.
1: Yeah. Either him or Lamb were the obvious choices in my opinion. But, again,
0: they saw something. Maybe we didn't. We'll see how that one plays out. I thought Damon Arnett was a reach. I had him at 32 as, as like, a hopeful thing. I heard he could even go third round. Uh, Seattle just, man, they just can't figure it out. They just somehow get themselves trapped in these weird picks. They took a linebacker that some people said was a fourth rounder.
1: Yeah, I don't know about that one. I feel like they're just banking on Russell Wilson, saving them every season, and he seems to do all right with that, but they definitely not making it easy on him.
0: Um, I like the idea of Jalen Hurts. Just some other thoughts. I don't know what, what your feeling is. Um, Carson Wentz has been hurt for the last three years. I just think get Jalen Hurts in there. I think I've heard they might even just slot him in situations where Wentz might get hurt. So now just later season games, number one. You feel more confident. Um, number two, goal line. I think now they can run a lot of fakes. Um, I think they could even just try some trickery and stuff like that. But uh, I think it pushes Carson Wentz a little bit. I don't see any problem with that pick. I'd say that that was definitely one of the more surprising picks, but I
1: don't have a problem with it. I think that both of them could benefit in the situation. Jalen Hurts definitely got thrown into like one of the best situations possible for him.
0: Yeah, it's clear Peterson is good with quarterbacks. He can just relax as a backup. Um, and then, you know, it is an option, man, if, if Wentz just can never put it together health-wise, which it's clear that might be an issue. For the Bills, Fromm dropped to them in the fifth round. I don't buy Josh Allen yet. I think he puts them out of games a lot. I think there's been a couple times where they lost because of him. And I think if there's a problem... And, you know, a year down the road, Fromm's looked good. And is there, you know, how do you feel about Josh Allen? Or is that another situation where, you know, they just couldn't pass on Fromm, I guess, as a backup?
1: I definitely think Allen's the guy of the future. He's just got to develop, man. He's got a rocket arm. He just needs to figure out how to use it. I really don't really like their pick of Fromm. I know he is one of the better QBs available there, but he's the polar opposite of Josh Allen there. Like, you got two complete opposite quarterbacks. That's going to be hard for the receiving core to get used to. I don't know. If one goes if Allen goes down, it's going to – like, when their backup quarterback is supposed to come up and step in, I'm not sure that Fromm's the guy that they should have had doing that.
0: Yeah, Eagles fans got real riled up because they took Jalen Rager. Um, I really like Justin Jefferson. I thought that was a safe pick, man, just a guy that could help right away, had no injury problems, was just part of some big games. I thought they missed out on Justin Jefferson.
1: Yeah, I've been making mock drafts for about five months now, way too early, but in almost every mock draft I've made, I had Justin Jefferson going to the Eagles.
0: Yeah, and just towards the end, I thought, I mean, they wouldn't have passed on CeeDee Lamb if he kept going, but um, Jefferson was a safer pick. Um, So now for the Browns heading into the offseason, they still have 37 million. They have the most in the league. Liam, I think they can get a deal done with Clowney.
1: That's where I'd want to see the money go, if anywhere. I mean, Vernon's injury-prone. He's getting up there in years. Clowney, I feel like we could get for a reasonable contract.
0: Vernon drives me nuts because Andrew Barry is is a major analytics nerd, and he loves money in the cap. That's clear, too, is they just think there needs to be a burst of money spent. Why are you keeping this underperforming, injured right end who – the last regime had that you get no penalty for cutting 15 million out of.
1: Yeah, I really don't understand that. I mean, I guess the coaching staff likes him, but again, he's not on the field that often. When he was, he was a playmaker. When every when our Browns defensive line was healthy, we were good, but that doesn't seem to be the case very often.
0: Yeah, um, I think I read it's just a guarantee that he's going to miss – um six games a year. It looks like at this point in his career, he'll miss six. Clowney, you know, obviously hasn't lived up to that number one pick title. I'm still comfortable giving him 15 million a year for two years. I think that's a good deal for him and the Browns. I see no reason why they would not um consider that. Uh another position I thought the Browns could have looked at in the draft was corner. Um, There were some good names I thought really if if they were still hanging around you got to look at it now I was worried about them not addressing safety or linebacker instead addressing that but I think you roll with Ward um, greedy and then Kevin Johnson is solid and you still have money Mitch and it seems like Delpit in some packages could be a nickel or a slide up corner Um, you know you feel pretty safe at that position correct.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping that A.J. Green can step up, too. I know you were the one who told me about him earlier today. I went ahead and watched some film on him. There's no reason that he shouldn't have been taken in that draft. Some had him in the sixth round. He got paid like a sixth-round talent. I really like that guy. I hope he stays on the roster with us.
0: Yeah, so Liam and I were kind of going back and forth. He wanted Lamar Jackson, the corner out of Utah? Nebraska. Nebraska, and I wanted A.J. Green, the corner out of Oklahoma State. So either way, we were going to get a, a name mesh in the AFC North. Brown signed him today. Just a little bit of depth. I, I worry a little bit. I don't know what the rookie mini camps is going to look like. I don't know what meet and greets are going to look like. Um, the Browns have no time to waste. So if they only get granted, I don't know, say they cut training camp down by – Three weeks, two weeks like There's just no time for guys Like A.J. Green to get adjusted And ready to rock I just think guys like that might slip um, I thought some other thoughts in general um, From the draft And then we'll jump to the Browns going forward I know we were kind of dove into free agency a little bit there, Liam But Steelers had the chance To really look a lot better And I don't think they did it I thought Claypool was a bad pick um, I just, I don't care about their receivers. Juju is starting to get off base a little bit. He didn't have a great year last year. People don't say the name Ben Roethlisberger with the same oomph anymore. They just say it like, Ben Ben can do this. And it's like, no, you guys used to get in our face and really Hmm. give it to us about Ben. And now you're worried that by week four, you're playing Mason Rudolph again. My problem is the Ravens. I talked about the Bengals. I think they might do something. I still have the Bengals only winning three games. I we can jump into burrow if you want. I don't see it. I think it's crazy. He went from 16 to 60 touchdowns in one year um, that never I I don't know what the deal is there. I, I don't think it's steroids. Obviously, I he probably just got with the right trainers and and got with the right system and had another year being comfortable and LSU was really good this year, obviously, but I don't understand it. I still think he's only going to win three games, and I think his upside is Alex Smith. That's where I'm at on Joe Burrow.
1: I think the comfortability definitely had something to do with that. He was a transfer, learning that new offense might have been rough, but that is a huge jump from two seasons. I agree with you
0: there. So, And why could he never win the Ohio State job? Yeah, I, I can't answer that one. It's, so people just say, oh, Haskins was groomed. It's like I think at that point you would rather say if we could really get three more years out of Joe Burrow or two, two more years, they would do that instead of Haskins. He clearly didn't win that job. Um, you know, ESPN loved the storyline that he really wanted to go to Nebraska and he never got them to come get him.
1: His whole family went there and he still couldn't even get there.
0: Yeah. And there's some underlying issues. I The McVay coaching tree needs to be chopped down right now because even McVay has some problems. So I don't know if Zach Taylor is the coach. Um, I don't buy Cincinnati. Max five wins. I'm going to guess three wins. Let's jump to the Ravens, who I have some worries, (laughs) a little bit of worries about. Um, Man, they really punched me in the teeth this weekend. They really got me good. First off, in round one, they take Patrick Queen. Who we both liked, Liam. It's gonna be tough to watch him play for the Ravens for the next ten years.
1: Yeah, that was one of my top linebackers right off the board at a position we need. It's gonna be hard to see him on the on Sundays against us.
0: Um, the next one's J.K. Dobbins. I'm gonna get into this another podcast, but the NFL is gonna change soon. It's gonna be smarter to have three running backs that don't make much money that are all about equal and still playmakers. And that's what the the run game is going to be. That's what San Francisco was. And they were number one last year. So, you know, my brother said, yeah, they have Mark Ingram. But I was just like, it's not enough just to say I have Nick Chubb now or Mark Ingram. You have, so they go Dobbins and they beef up that running back core. That's perfect for both them, for Dobbins, for Ingram. I think it, it outlasts Ingram's career by a year. It just gives him less workload. And then I think it gives J.K. J. Dobbins the perfect opportunity to learn some things from a good running back and still get some playing time. And then, man, the Ravens just stay fast. They stay young. Um, that that one hurt. Um, Justin Matabuki, it's just the same as the Browns, man. They're just beefing up that D-line that already was pretty good with Calais Campbell and Big Brandon Williams. Uh, Devin, Devin Duvernay, a wide receiver from Texas. I know he's a speed receiver. I had them taking a speed receiver in the first round. So it wasn't a surprise to me that they took one eventually in the third. And then the final gut punch to really just put me to sleep was Malik Harrison, who, again, the Browns just took a linebacker that I didn't know much about. I knew Harrison. I knew Bond. I knew Troy Dye. They passed on all those guys, wanted nothing to do with them. And I had to watch the Ravens take Malik Harrison. Uh, I have some concerns about Baltimore
1: yeah that pick really got me once I saw Bond go off the board where we should have had him, I was like, all right, gotta take Harrison now, and then we pass on him, and then he goes to the Ravens of all teams. I was just a I feel like they're doing this despite Ohio state fans. They know that we got a lot of those up in Cleveland. They took Dobbins and Harrison right from us, so
0: it's just, it's gonna be killer. I think they both just fit so well uh for the Ravens, and I think they're locked to win twelve again unless Lamar gets hurt or something like that. And obviously they have the chance to maybe even get better. Uh, Liam, jumping ahead for the Browns, that's just going to be a tough division to get wins in, man. I think your best hope is to get one win from each team and maybe two from Cincinnati.
1: I agree there. There's definitely one of the stronger divisions right now.
0: Um, Some other storylines surrounding the team, buddy, if you just want to give your thoughts after I give them. Again, we talked about the D-lines. D-line, they built some depth there. Um, however, you just want to see the same for Miles, and then they have to, A, bank that Olivier Vernon is going to wake up, or B, get Clowney or get somebody else at right end, which they right now would be Vernon or Claiborne. Um And just, you, they have the chance, man. It's just, you have 37 million sitting there. Use it. It's the time to use it. There's no more. I'd almost rather be worrying about our cap and worrying about losing guys at this point than I would saying, you know, oh man, we're the team with this much money left.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard to argue with what you said there. I definitely feel like when healthy, the Browns have potential to be one of the top D lines in the league, especially with the depth we picked up with Claiborne, Billings, and then, uh, Elliott in the draft, but like I said, we got to stay healthy.
0: It's kind of crazy to think about how much better Clowny would make me feel. Um, I don't know how you feel about it, but if we got Clowny, I just I think that just makes me feel better about everything, everyone. I mean, those are
1: two number one picks coming off the edge. Uh, I would definitely feel a lot more safe than having the up-and-age Vernon coming around the edge six times a year, six games a year.
0: Yeah, and then... I feel good about corner. I ho- Hopefully they get injuries under control. Um, Kevin Johnson is on a prove-it contract again. And then I love Money Mitch. I always have. Um, apparently, Carl Joseph could be something cool. And then you address it with Delpit. So defense is the question mark. That's facts. They have been for a while. They've had some problems um, at times. And at other times, they've looked really good. Uh, Denzel and Greedy were the hamstring boys last year. So they need to play a full... 14 or 15, you know, anywhere from 14 to 16 games this year. It just has to happen. I can't I can't be in week 10 and they miss three weeks. It's just it's it's tough to think about. Um offensively, we're going through an offensive change. I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to get tight ends more involved. We're leaning into a time, Liam, I think, where this happens to good teams. So the Browns aren't necessarily used to it good teams lose players because they have a good year and they want a big contract. And the Browns are headed for that um, with Njoku and Ogunjobi. So either a, you're too good to keep a guy that's not producing or B they played well and you're already paying on their positions. So they'll have already paid Sheldon and Andrew Billings at defensive tackle. No matter what Ogunjobi does this year, um, I think This is his last year in Cleveland, which is sad to say because I really like him.
1: Yeah, he's definitely a fan favorite here in Cleveland. He's done a lot for the city, but I think that that's why they addressed it in the draft with Elliott. you got to pay other people. You get that rookie contract. Same with Njoku. Like, they got uh, Bryant with the rookie contract coming up. They still have a lot of – they have a loaded tight end room without Njoku. So, we'll see where that goes to.
0: Yeah, obviously, they give Hooper $10.5 Um, so, you know, I don't know how you could say you're paying two tight ends, a lot of money. I think that's kind of crazy to think about. So it just depends on the year. It depends what kind of money they spend. Um, again, for the Browns, you know, those are some concerns, uh, draft wise. Did you feel like they filled everything they needed to? We talked a little bit about linebacker, but, um, is there anywhere you feel like they could have skipped out and maybe gone linebacker?
1: Um, I think that they got their guy. I think we just have to trust that that linebacker is, like, the best for us, the best fit for us in uh, Phillips. But I would overall give the Browns, I'd agree with you, a B-plus with the potential to be so much higher. But, again, it's all potential. We don't know what these players are going to do, how they're going to develop with the team.
0: Yep, so definitely some big storylines headed in. Free agency's not done. Hopefully the Browns can snag. Um, Clowny, there I think they'll continue To go undrafted free agents they've Already signed um, a Corner I think Two corners actually if I'm not Mistaken and then Some other positions here or there Liam I appreciate you coming on uh, Definitely gonna be an interesting offseason For the Browns and going forward Hopefully they can just Get a semi-normal Offseason and move on but any Closing thoughts for either the draft or the Browns Um, I'm just excited to see where the season goes. Hopefully we have the season, and
1: I'm just excited to see sports get back off and going. Good stuff. Thanks for joining me, LP. Thanks for having me, man.